Welcome to The Workplace, a podcast by Cal Chamber. I'm Matthew Roberts, the Labor Law Helpline Manager and Employment Law Counsel with the California Chamber of Commerce. Well, what has felt like an eternity, uh, COVID-19 continues to dominate the recent news cycle. Um, Of course, Governor Newsom is now planning to announce the state's COVID-19 endemic plan this week, which is essentially the this is how we live with the virus plan. While that's taking place, uh, employers are also preparing to administer the new round of COVID-19 supplemental sick leave that was recently enacted and that that will take place on February 19th. Today, however, we're going to focus on the state of face covering rules in the workplace because effective February 16th, or which happens to be the day that we are recording today, the California Department of Public Health partially lifted its statewide face covering guidance. And as we know, almost nothing has represented more frustration in the workplace community than the continually evolving face covering guidelines. And I can tell you, being on the helpline here at the chamber and hearing from members about where we are with the face coverings, what's changing, why are we going back to this, what's free now, what does Cal OSHA say, these things are maddening. Um, and they're really frustrating because of the amount of whiplash that we've gone through with this. And so in an effort to kind of help clarify the air and see where the state's going with this, especially as they head towards that endemic plan that uh, the governor plans to announce soon, we've brought in our vice president of labor and employment in content training and advice, Bianca Saad, to help kind of discuss the impacts on the workplace on what the CDPH has done in lifting these face covering guidelines. So thanks for joining me today, Bianca. Thanks for having me, Matt. So when the CDPH implemented the universal indoor face covering guidelines on December 15th last year, uh, there was a lot of confusion about whether it was meant for the workplaces or did CDPH just really mean this for the outside general public? Like, you know, when you go to the grocery store, wear your face covering. When you go, um, you know, out and about and you're going indoors in public spaces, wear the face covering. Well, the issue with it was that that guidance was different than what we had seen with the Cal OSHA workplace rules that we had been so accustomed to because there was differing rules on face coverings based upon vaccination status. Now, of course, after some time, CDPH finally confirmed that it applied to private businesses, even those ones that weren't open to the public, and we finally knew what to do. But here we are two months later now with changing guidelines again. Um, And Bianca, maybe you can explain kind of how these CDPH orders and Calosha face covering rules work together uh, when they conflict like they did this last time. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we saw actually um, as a result of, you know, many of the changes that we've seen with the various CDPH orders is we did get some clarity from Cal OSHA through their FAQs um, and through through the standards that clarifies that, you know, outside of the requirements that the standards impose for the situations where an employee needs a face covering, that employers also must provide and ensure face coverings in any situation where it is required by the CDPH. So that's you know, what we saw happen back in December when that universal mask mandate went back into place, employers knew, okay, this is falling squarely within our requirements because the ETS themselves is actually acknowledging that as a potential requirement. Okay. So that makes sense, right? The CDPH provides stricter orders. Cal OSHA says when the CDPH provides stricter orders or requires it of us, then we need to follow that. Great. Well, now today the CDPH face covering guidelines have changed. So what does that change look like? 
So what is happening with this change is basically the we're going back to a situation where vaccinated individuals are no longer required to wear face coverings indoors. Um, this is what we had in place prior to that universal mask mandate that took place back in December. Vaccinated individuals are also recommended to wear them, though, when the risk is high. And those individuals who are unvaccinated are still actually required to wear the face covering indoors. So then the question becomes, well, what does that look like? How are businesses, um, you know, going to handle this to determine who's vaccinated, who's not? How are we complying? Um, and so they do have a few different options. So businesses can choose to provide the information on the rules and essentially allow their, you know, patrons, customers to um, self-attest to their vaccination status. They can also choose to verify the vaccination status of any patrons. And then um, the last option is they can just continue to maintain uh, the requirement that all individuals um, on their premises wear face coverings. That's that's a third option they have as well. And then under the current face covering guidance that CDPH issued most recently, the face coverings are still going to be required in certain settings, such as public transportation, school settings, healthcare, long-term care settings, and the like. So there will be still a cluster of those settings where regardless of vaccination status, individuals will need to be masked. Okay, good. So that's the general order behind the CDPH um, kind of modifying their face covering guidelines. Now, the prime question, of course, we're getting is how does this impact the Cal OSHA workplace guidance now that we know how the two interplay? And really, what is the workplace rules for face coverings? Yeah, that's a great question. So with the universal mask mandate being lifted at the state level, the ETS does largely align now with, you know, the current CDPH face mask guidance. So all that to say, basically, those individuals who are fully vaccinated, those fully vaccinated employees, they're not required to wear face covering under the ETS. Um, however, employees who are not fully vaccinated are going to still need to wear those face coverings indoors and in vehicles. Um, when we're talking about what it means to be fully vaccinated, that means that you uh, have, you know, received a complete series of, you know, the one or two doses of the shot that does not include a booster, is not included in the definition. And also to be fully vaccinated, the employer has to have some documentation. Um, in order to treat an employee as fully vaccinated. And they have some options around how they can do that. They can have a copy of the employee's vaccination record. They can maintain a copy in a confidential area, of course, um, keeping that safe and secure. They can simply verify the documentation and keep a record of the fact that that has been verified. Or lastly, they can allow their employees to self-attest as to their vaccination status, but again, keeping documentation of that self-attestation. Yeah, an important thing to note out of that really is that that verifying the vaccination status is something that we've had in the workplace since last summer, right? When the vaccines became more prevalent, when the, the Cal OSHA workplace guidelines were amended in June of last year. And so if you may have already done this as the employer. If you have these vaccination verification records, you may know what the status is for all your employees and know how to apply this to your specific employees. And of course, for those who are new to you since you've done it, will want to you know verify just so we can figure out where 
where they would fall within these mask guidance rules. Now, always a common question, of course, because it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to wear a face covering the entire time you're working, especially if you're in a, a lower risk workplace setting is, what exceptions exist um, under the CDPH order and, and the Cal OSHA workplace rules? Yeah, so there are some exceptions. So for example, um, if an employee is eating or drinking and they are either, you know, they're six feet apart or if they're outside, that's going to take them outside of that requirement. If they are alone in a room or a vehicle, then that would be an exception to the face covering um, where the employee's job duties are going to prevent safe usage um, of the face covering in that situation to, to the extent that, that it's unsafe, they can have it off and then they would put it back on once they're able to um, safely have the face covering again. And then also there is a, a recognition for any a medical accommodation. If somebody has a medical condition that prevents them from wearing it, then again, that needs to be documented and they do need to have some alternatives, such as the shield with the neck drape. Um, and the, the ETS actually um, addresses those situations for those particular circumstances. Right. And it is really important to highlight that, you know, should we follow these guidelines to a T, it is still really only applying indoors. So even our unvaccinated workers who are working outdoors, there's no requirements there. So we're really talking just about these indoor settings. Now let's talk about employer policies, right? Because we're now in a situation of a lot of fluidity and flexibility for employers in terms of how they're going to do this. Are they gonna go into following through with, you know, requiring unvaccinated employees to wear face coverings while allowing vaccinated employees to not to? Um, and it's not so much a legal issue, but more of a practical consideration and how we might be treating our workforce. So uh, Bianca, talk to us about some of the issues that may arise as employers are considering how they're gonna implement the current standards and what policies they might wanna create going forward. Yeah, they definitely have some options and there are some important things to consider. So um, let's take a, the first scenario, for example, if an employer is going to go back to this, um, you know, those who are fully vaccinated don't have to wear a face covering, those who are do, of course, that's, that's the realm that we're working within, right? That's the requirement. You know, the employer can be thinking about, well, what is the impact of that then? You know, we're going to have these two different groups of employees where now if somebody is wearing a face covering, we are to assume that you know, they're not vaccinated and they may be treated a particular way by their coworkers that can cause issues. You know, one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, a number of employees for various reasons may actually choose, even though they are fully vaccinated, to continue to wear a face covering. And no employee should ever be prohibited or discouraged from wearing a face covering. So that's an important thing. And um, because of those potential issues, depending on the workforce and, um, and the circumstances, you know, it is possible that an employer may choose that you know what, we're just going to keep the face covering requirement in place for everybody, regardless of vaccination status, even though that is not currently the requirement, the employer can be more strict than what, you know, the ETS um, actually requires. So that's an option as well. Now, what if an employer establishes a policy like that um, and they just, an employee comes to them and just like, look, I'm vaccinated. I don't see a reason why I need to wear a mask. I don't understand why you're making us all wear masks. What can an employer do in that situation? 
Well, if it's the employer's policy, then the employer would treat it no different than any other policy. And they can make it, again, it's a required policy that that employee has to follow, um, you know, subject to, you know, discipline, you know, up to and including termination if they, you know, refuse to comply and that's the employer's uh, policy. Excellent. Now, of course, something that's happened, um, you know, around the state for uh, the last several months is is local orders kind of coming into play and kind of setting different rules for the different counties in which these public health agencies work in. Right. So something that happened here in Sacramento County um, last summer was that even though CDPH didn't have a universal mask mandate, Sacramento County's public health department said, fine, we're going to institute our own. So if you were in Sacramento County um, last summer, we had a universal indoor mask requirement, regardless of vaccination status. And that was something that we had to comply with. So as we're looking at this, um, you know, do these local orders really trump the Calosha rules or can we just stick with Calosha? Uh, no, employers are going to need to follow their um, local uh, their local health department rules. So, you know, for example, Santa Clara County um, has announced that they, despite the um, state's lifting of the indoor masking requirements, they will not be lifting their own um, indoor masking requirements until they meet certain defined metrics as they relate to vaccination, hospitalizations, um, and the COVID-19 case rates. Um, LA County has a similar practice in place right now where, again, their order continues to require indoor masking regardless of vaccination status. And they actually also have a very specific requirement for um, employers as far as providing a particular kind of face covering for their employees. So that's another example of where these local um, jurisdictions do go above and beyond what the state requires. And the employer is going to want to make sure to, um, to follow those local orders. And I think that's such an important point because what I've been telling members here is that, you know, as the government starts to move away here in California from these statewide orders, something that we expect to see is, as part of that endemic plan is more local control over these issues because it's a better way to respond to the conditions of, you know, where we are with the terms of risk. And so for employers, it's really kind of a, a two-step process as we're trying to explore these workplace rules, you know, as they come with face coverings. Let's see what the statewide rule is. Right. And let's start with that. And then we'll need to go to our county public health agency to see, do they have another order in place that's a little bit more restrictive or even greatly more restrictive than what Calosha does? And we know we'll have to follow that instead. So as we move towards this endemic plan, hopefully, you know, into the indefinite future, it's definitely my hope to kind of move on from the, the pandemic related rules. Local control and local orders are just going to take on a lot more importance going forward. So, Bianca, it was really wonderful having you join us today to get everyone up to speed on where we are with face coverings. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you listeners for joining us on The Workplace. Please comment, share, and subscribe to Cal Chamber's podcast by visiting calchamber.com. <laughs>